With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you tonight, and in heaven there is no beer. That's why we drink it here. I'm going to have one and enjoy my Saturday night. I hope you're doing the same, or Sunday morning whenever you're listening to this as we celebrate Iowa's 41-21 to win over Penn State. Uh, a lot of things here. It's Iowa breaks a six-game losing streak to Penn State. Iowa improves the 3-2 and two on the season after the 0-2 start. Penn State drops to 0-5 for the first time in, I believe, program history. And Kirk Ferentz joins elite company with, with, with his 100th Big Ten win. Uh, and it was, you know, it got a little hairy there in the, the third quarter, early fourth quarter. But it was mostly a dominant win for the Hawkeyes. Excuse the uh, the family noise in the background. <laughs> My kids are running around uh, having a good time, enjoying the uh, the Hawkeye win as well. Uh, Spencer Peters looked okay. Didn't look great, but didn't look bad. Didn't lose the game for Iowa. Uh, maybe that's all you can ask for at this point. 18-28, 186 yards. Uh, had a rushing touchdown on a QB sneak, and, and the QB sneak is back for the Hawkeyes, getting three to five yards every time they do that play. And that, that, uh, that touchdown on the QB sneak was... It was fantastic. It was it was beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. Um, really good day from the running backs again for the Hawkeyes. 101 yards for Makai Sargent on 15 carries. He had two touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Goodson got his 20 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. And uh, uh, just a, another good game from that offensive line, opening up holes, uh, started to gas that defense quite a bit, really in the second quarter and um, not so much in, in the second half. But, uh, again, got theirs, uh, did enough to win defensively this team was fantastic I guess I'll, I'll stick with uh you know some receiving not a lot of receptions um I guess 18 right <laughs> that's what uh Petrus completed uh Nico Regani had a nice little game uh Laporta a couple of nice catches Brandon Smith Amir Smith-Marset Sean Byer Tyrone Tracy Tyler Goodson Potabom all involved in the passing game but that is not Iowa's strength and, and does not look to be Iowa's strength as as they move forward but Maybe don't need to pass much on Black Friday against this uh, Nebraska team that was gashed by Illinois' running backs, and we'll talk about that uh, before we get out of here. But uh, some more on Iowa. This defense really stood up. Um, Now, Sean Clifford came in for Penn State and threw back-to-back long touchdown passes. That was concerning, clearly, as as Penn State got within 10 points at that point uh, after really Will Levis was not really able to do much uh, at all, he he did not have a very good game. wasn't able to gash Iowa on the on the uh, the running game at all. Fifteen carries for thirty four yards for him, and and he was their leading rusher, just sixty two yards on the ground. Dotson got his. 
you expect that to happen. Jahan Dotson, he's fantastic, 140 yards almost, eight receptions, a touchdown. Uh, but again, a lot of that on the, on that big 68-yard touchdown run or catch rather um, on Clifford's second touchdown. But then Clifford threw uh, through the interception, the kind of ceiling interception to Davion Nixon. Uh, had a couple of interceptions. He threw the one to Golston as well. A couple of great plays there. And Davion Nixon, man, what a fun play that was. Uh, just a baller play to, to even make that interception. But then to, to kind of give Clifford the juke and, and go uh, take it to the house with 71 yards for that and the decisive touchdown. That was a fun play. That'll be seen on, on replays for years and years to come. Maybe not quite as iconic as the uh, Adrian Claiborne block punt for a touchdown at Penn State, but it, it'll be up there. It'll be something that we, we talk about for a long time. Keith Duncan, 2-3, uh, missed that long 50-yarder, but it was uh, good enough. And uh, Torrey Taylor, just a 47-yard long. So maybe a, maybe a his first kind of uh, his first down game of, the, of, of his career. You know, just going through the play-by-play kind of quickly here, uh, that first touchdown drive by Penn State really felt like a killer and really got a lot of people worried myself included it felt like if they're able to kind of dink and dunk um, you know get inside of Iowa's cushion on on the passing games and then get four five six yards every rush uh, I don't know how I was going to stop that but as happens often Phil Parker made some adjustments the defense stiffened and really that was um that was it for Penn State until they came in and, and kind of had that spark with those couple of long touchdowns. They were doing nothing offensively. Um, they the their their drive chart. I mean, they punted the first on six plays. They had that long fourteen play seventy five yard touchdown drive, but then three and out, four plays and a fumble, six plays and turnover on downs, six plays turnovers on downs, and then a kneel down. That was their first half offense. They came out and fumbled on their first play offensively in the second half, uh, three and out. And then that's when Clifford came in and really gave them the spark on those back-to-back touchdowns. But that that was about it. Uh, not sure what James Franklin was doing in the in the first half. I get, I guess, going forward on fourth down, um, well, fourth and one after it was third and one, you had gotten stuffed that first time, and Iowa stuffed that. But to go for it, it almost felt like you know they gave Penn State the first down on that first play. And then took it back on the replay and, and set them a yard back. It almost felt like Penn State thought they had gotten that first down and wasn't aware it was fourth and two when they made that pass uh, or that that pass attempt. Um, but I was able to stop it. And uh, how about that two minute offense at the end of the first half? Really well run by Spencer Petrus there and uh, good play calling from Brian Ferentz and and really big to get that touchdown and, and put it 24 to 7 at halftime. I mean it really kind of felt like the game was over at that point. Obviously, Penn State were able to kind of come back and make it a game, but that that drive right there may be the one that that sealed this for Iowa. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just go through a few of the notes I took uh, during the game, and I just kind of do this as a... 
As we're watching the game, you know, Petrus shaky early, settled down a little bit in the second half, had, you know, made some nice throws, maybe a couple of the better throws he's made, um, had a couple of, you know, led Iowa a couple of times, but uh, just not, still not what you want to see. You're, you hope for some some improvement there. Iowa just doesn't throw the ball downfield. It just feels like that's not their offense, which is hard to believe when we talked all off season about the... Uh, maybe the best core of wide receivers Iowa has ever had, certainly has had under Kirk Ferentz or, or for a decade or so. And um, to not be able to utilize that is is really a problem. And we'll see if it comes back to bite Iowa at some point this year. But uh, thankfully, the defense has been good enough. The running game, the offensive line has been playing well enough. And the special teams play well enough that um, I was able to win and not just win. I mean, blow some teams out and not great teams by any means. Um, but you know, who is a great team, I guess this year, uh, it's, it's nice to see Iowa kind of dominate these games. Um, again, after that fumble by, by Penn state, some big throws from Spencer Petrus to, to capitalize on that. That was big. Um, the overthrow and the long throw to Amir Smith-Marset. He had a step. He tried. You know, I remember game one against Purdue. There were some people thinking that Amir Smith-Marset, maybe if, if he would gone all out, if he would have dove for the ball on one of those overthrows, maybe he would have gotten there and um, we all could have gotten off Petrus's back a little bit. Uh, he went all out for that ball today, and it just, just was overthrown. It was there, and it was overthrown, and... It just makes you wonder, are we ever going to connect on a long throw again? Is, is that something that's going to happen? It feels like it hasn't happened since like the 2015 Big Ten Championship game. Um, I'm sure it has happened since then. I'm sure Nate Stanley hit one of those uh, in the last three seasons. I just can't remember it off the top of my head. But that's just so frustrating when you have a big play like that, when it opens up and it it just doesn't – you just don't connect. Um the the bad play calling from James Franklin, not sure what he was thinking there, the, but that two-minute offense was just run to perfection, and it really felt uh, big there. Van Valkenburg with another fumble recovery. Um, that was great. Neiman, Nick Neiman had 13 tackles in the first half. 13 tackles in the first half. I think he ended with 17. Uh, I'll check that in just a second because we had some big defensive numbers to talk about. That three running back wildcat formation, that was interesting. It didn't see a lot of that. Did see Tyler Goodson take a snap and hand it to uh to Makai Sargent one time, at least one time, and, and that was good to see. Um you need to kind of throw some wrenches into that wildcat formation, uh, if you're going to be doing that more often. It seems like Iowa is because again, Without a prolific passing game, you can't really just run it in between the tackles all day. You need to find ways to get these other guys the ball. You need to find ways to uh, to kind of keep the defense guessing. And maybe that wildcat formation and certainly that three running back formation uh, might be that way to do it. Twelve games in a row with an interception for this team, for this defense. That's that's a really cool number. Um, that's, a, that's a fun thing. That's game-changing. I mean, how many wins have hinged on, on plays like that? Uh, just, just really, really good. Golston had a day as well with that that sack late, the interception, um, and Matt Millen annoying. That's that's <laughs> those were my notes. Matt Millen was pretty annoying as the uh, the the color commentator on the TV broadcast. Just you know, don't love him in that role. I saw this from uh, Quinn Douglas on Twitter. Iowa has three legitimate candidates for Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. You have Davion Nixon. He had five tackles, one and a half for loss. 
the sack and then the 74-yard pick six, which was just a great play and really a a game-clinching play for the Hawkeyes. He had Chauncey Golston, four tackles, two for loss, one sack, and the interception for him. And then Nick Neiman with 17 tackles, one for loss. Uh, That's some, some big studs on defense. Making some big defenses really come together nicely. This is a, a great defensive unit and uh, and should be fun to see them as we move forward into the season. Speaking of moving forward in the season, now you got the Black Friday game, the Heroes game against Nebraska. Nebraska coming to Kinnick Stadium Friday uh, at noon. And Nebraska got gashed today by by Illinois. Gave up 285 yards rushing in a 41 to 23 loss. Uh, Nebraska is not a very good football team. Their offense struggled today. Their defense obviously struggled to stop Illinois. Um, Illinois hadn't scored 40 points in a Big Ten game in a really long time. I don't remember exactly the stat was, but uh, Nebraska just doesn't look good and. Now you have a short week to come into Iowa, an Iowa team that that is really rolling and and has to feel pretty good about itself, even with some of the questions at quarterback and and things like that. So uh, you have to feel good about Iowa's opportunity here to kind of keep this streak going um, and then, you know, see what happens with with the rest of the season. Northwestern beat Wisconsin today, 17-7. Wisconsin is a beatable team. it's always going to be easy to look back at Purdue and Northwestern games and, and wonder what if. But now all Iowa can do is, is win the rest of its games and hope for some help somewhere else. You know, Big Ten championship game, probably out of the question. Uh, you never know. But just win the games in front of you, you feel better about that. We're going to have this game covered uh, from all angles. Rick Brown, John Bonacamp, Rob Howe, Anna Kaiser, um, we're all going to be doing a lot. Joe Hugan, myself, uh, Lucy Rodin, we will all have content coming up. It'll be a, a short week, an interesting week with Thanksgiving. I hope you uh, are able to, to be safe and celebrate that with your family and uh, be smart about how we are all doing that uh, in this COVID era. Uh, but hopefully you have a, a good Thanksgiving. And hopefully Friday we have a, a fun day because Friday – we're going to have a football game and a basketball game. Now, the basketball game shouldn't be in much question against Southern. Uh, although Southern not a terrible team, I don't think. Uh, but Iowa should certainly roll in that game. But it'll be fun to see that um, that team, that Hawkeye basketball team that we've been anticipating for so long on the floor. Uh, we're going to see that Wednesday afternoon and then Friday. And uh, obviously the Heroes game against Nebraska, Black Friday, noon kickoff. It's going to be fun. Thank you for listening. Enjoy this win. Enjoy what has become of this season. And let's just talk about that real quick. This team started 0-2 after a as tumultuous of an offseason as you can possibly have. I mean, everybody had a weird offseason with COVID, so I have dealt with that just like everybody else. But the the uh, the allegations of racism and all the unrest and all the uh, the the lawsuit and the investigation and uh, the questions about the culture and, and the change of culture um, really threw a wrench into this offseason and for Iowa to then come out and start 0-2 and lose those games the way they did and then have Amir Smith-Marset get a DUI that night I mean it really felt like this team was on on the verge of folding and if this team were to fold 
the questions about this program and Kirk Ferentz and the direction of this program and the Hawkeye way and all of that would have at this point been deafening and it would have been hard to uh, to get away from that. And instead of folding this team, regrouped, they refocused and they've now dominated three straight Big Ten games. Again, not against the best of competition, but you play who's in front of you and Iowa has dominated the three teams in front of them the last three weeks and that is good to see. It's a credit to Kirk Ferentz. It's a credit to this team, these seniors, uh, guys like Amir Smith-Marset, who have really been leaders, guys like Brandon Smith, who uh, haven't gotten a lot of balls downfield, haven't had the production that maybe they hoped they would have this season, but have had huge gains in in blocking downfield and um, have been pivotal parts of why this team is is doing so well. So it's it's fun to see. It's I'm proud of it to see it, and I'm proud to be a Hawkeye fan today. I hope you are as well. Thank you for listening. Go Hawks.